inside is Pharo looking for two. Doncaster straight. Can he do it again? Light up the world is getting up near the fence. But Pharo, Pharo dashed to the lead from Abbe Glenn and light up the world, followed by Aragen and Brave Warrior. But Gavin Eads goes for home on Pharo. Look at Auntie Mary. Auntie Mary out of the back. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Pride's Easy Feed. Ask any trainer about the frustrations of having horses who won't clean up their feeds. Those horses who always leave a little more than they should. And for some strange reason, they seem to leave the most the night before they're due to race. Why not try those finicky doers on Pride's Easy Performance? A highly palatable set recipe feed that provides the right muscle fuel while promoting inner health. It's also of benefit in helping horses to recover after a tough run, a barrier trial, or a searching track gallop. Some horses have only one win in them. Others might have two or three. They've got to be happy, healthy, and fit at all times, and on a feed that covers all bases. It's a good feeling for any trainer when a horse looks right, and when he or she is leaving the feed bin with a shiny bottom. When the right race comes along, you want a horse who's been on a feeding regime designed to help it get to the line. Pride's Easy Performance is the complete nutritional feed for the equine performance athlete. Adam Campton kept family and friends guessing for a few years about his likely career path. He had a year with the Daly operation under Peter Snowden. He spent five years in several roles at a Western Sydney hotel, followed by a two-year stint as racing manager for trainer Tim Martin. Then he changed course completely and worked for four years as a trader for an online betting company before landing a job with the Hong Kong Jockey Club. He spent four years as a racing specialist supervising the activities of the club's owners and young members. When he finally decided on his future direction, it was swift and decisive. He returned to Australia, acquired boxes at Aquas Park on the Gold Coast and hung up a sign which read, Adam Campton Horse Trainer. In just 18 months, he's won over 40 races at a 21% strike rate and is proving himself to be an absolute natural at the job. And why wouldn't he be? His dad, Neil, was a multiple Group 1 winning jockey, his mum is the daughter of a Melbourne Cup winning rider and several other relatives have been high achievers in the racing industry. Adam started out with just three horses at the end of 2021. He won with his very first starter, Lord Markle, at Warwick and is currently training close to 40 horses. It took Adam a while to settle on his career path, but 18 months on, the 35-year-old is up and running, ably supported by his fiancée, Taylor, and an enthusiastic staff of 14. Adam Campton, great to catch up on the podcast. Thanks for your time. No, thank you, Tappy. I appreciate it. Looks like you've got a pretty good horse in the place at the moment by the name of D. Poor, a son of Exosphere, and yet another success story from the Inglis online sale. I'm hearing stories of good fortune all the time from the Inglis online sale. Yeah, you're definitely right. He's been a great pickup for our stable. Um, very lucky to have him under my care. Um, 
purchased him and obviously syndicating with a great group of owners and he's very exciting and um, all roads all roads lead to the morning now. The fields are obviously just come out, so um, nominations sorry, but acceptance is early next week. But um, yeah, really excited to see what he can do next week against some better horses. As we record this podcast on the sixth of July, his record stands at five wins from seven starts. Now he beat only Class Six opposition at Ipswich recently, but his finishing sprint, Adam, was the work of a quality horse. Yeah, correct. He's a special horse with an electric turn of foot, a beautiful big animal. Um, as you said, it's only a class six at Ipswich, but I do think a lot of people sort of get carried away with those things, sort of looking what they beat horses at times where um, if you just look at the winner and see what he did, I think it was very special. And Jimmy Orman gave him a glowing report after the race and he's, he pulled up great. He's, as I said, that electric turn of foot's something that can take a horse a long way in this game. We'll look at more members of your team later, but for now, I'd like to talk about your pedigree, which abounds with racing achievers. Your dad, Neil Campton, rode 1,000 winners in a 30-year career, highlighted by four Group 1s and many, many stakes races. I called many of his 1,000 winners, Adam, and I can remember your dad as a very strong and talented lightweight jockey whose chief attribute was patience. It was pretty hard to fluster old Campo. Yeah, correct. His dad was obviously a talented rider, and I was young and didn't really watch many races of him obviously riding, but I do remember um, very early days of being at the races, more towards the end of his career. And as you said, he's a lightweight jockey, um, very fit, and you're right, his patience is one thing. He's definitely taught me in this game. You've got to have a lot of patience. Um, it's frustrating at times, but um, he was definitely a patient rider, very talented, as I said. And he was a very professional rider as well, always, you know, rocked up to the races, fit, uh, ready to rock and roll. And, mm. yeah, he was – I was never going to be a jockey. I was a bit big for that, as you would have known when I was a kid. But, um, yeah, mm. I chose the training path. The great trainer, Brian Mayfield-Smith, paid your dad a great compliment – when he put him on a horse called Late Show in the Sydney Cup of 1985, he told me at the time that he hand-picked Neil for the ride because he could make the weight comfortably, 51 kilos, but Brian knew he would ride the horse with great patience, and that's how it worked out. He swamped them late. Yeah, he did swamp them late. There's actually a big photo of that horse in the garage at our house where I grew up, so... Um yeah, Dad just always spoke very highly of that horse and also spoke very, very highly of Brian Mayfield smith an incredible trainer, and I remember Dad was very grateful to get on that horse. I think your dad was only 21 when he won the AJC Derby on El Gordo, and he overcame a riding nightmare in that race because the bit pulled right through the horse's mouth very early in proceedings, and rather than annoy El Gordo by trying to restrain him, he just let him lob along in front and he got away with the derby. Yeah, Dad said it. I still remember Dad talking about that, telling me it was a great ride, but probably was a great training effort too to have the horse so fit. And, uh, yeah, he kept plugging away and was lucky enough to win the race. 18 months or so after that, he had a stroke of luck when George Moore knocked back the golden slipper ride on a horse called Royal Palmer. Your dad picked up the ride and he got the job done in great style. Spot on. Uh, very special horse to Dad, and 
probably something I didn't really respect growing up, how big a slipper is. But now looking back on it, definitely dad's biggest win of his career. Um, you know, such a big race to win. And, um, yeah, he's a very good horse. And um, one man's crush is another man's treasure, I guess, in this game. So uh, he was lucky to pick up the ride. But um, definitely that's dad's biggest win in his career. Your maternal grandfather was Les Coles, a champion bloke and a very talented jockey who's best remembered for his spectacular Caulfield Melbourne Cup double on a horse called Even Stevens in 1962. The horse won both cups by the same margin, a whopping four lengths. Yeah, very special horse. Uh, obviously, Pop, he's, he's my idol, uh, someone I miss dearly, a special man that played a very big part in my life, um, taught me a lot about racing, educated me a lot about life as well. Um, yeah, obviously, the same as that, probably growing up, I didn't respect the Melbourne Cup as much, but now every year I come, it comes around, I always think of Pop and... I think back to incredible achievement. He was a he was a great jockey, but most of all, he was an incredible person. Your mum Trish has a first cousin by the name of Malcolm Johnston, jockey extraordinaire. While her sister Helen married a champion trainer in Gerald Ryan, and their son Blake, your cousin, is now training successfully. You were immersed in racing as you were growing up. Yeah, I definitely was. I wouldn't say I, I loved the game as a young fella. I was more than happy to pick up a cricket bat and kick a football, um, probably mainly just due to everyone doing it. I just wanted to do something different. Um, I always used to love going to the races. Obviously, Corey was such a big part in my life. He was apprentice to the old man. So um, he was probably the one that more got me into the game, following around the races, driving him there and going to, you know, I just had so much respect for him as a person as well. I still do. Um, but, you know, I went everywhere with him and I fell in love with the game, probably more on the punning side, just getting there and um, enjoying the day with my mates. And obviously I always, I've always been a big lover of animals and how could you not love these big, beautiful animals? But as you said, I was definitely um, bred and born into it, but um I'm, I'm glad I, like early in my life, I tried a heap of different new things, but um, I couldn't get away from the racing game. No. Let's look at your racing CV. You spent a short time working for the Darley operation under Peter Snowden, a man you respected greatly and still do. Oh, for sure. Peter's a, a brilliant trainer and a, a very, very hardworking man who's, you know, taught me to. Be a hard-working person these days, especially in this game. You've got to work hard. Um, and he's just a, you know, he's, his attention to detail, something that I always but also believe that makes him such a great trainer. Taught me a lot. I was very wet between the years. Um, probably didn't have 100% um, a go at it then. I was, I was also doing a, playing footy and working at another job. It was hard getting up at those time. And um, he definitely, you know, he had to talk to me one day and said, you know, you just got to choose what you really want to do in life and, but watching him as a trainer, he's, he's a great trainer and I, I still have a lot of respect for him um, today. That other job you mentioned was in the hospitality industry where you spent five years working at the Quakers Inn Hotel in Western Sydney. Uh, you worked in several different areas there before eventually becoming bar manager. What else did you do? Uh, a bit of everything. I looked like I was about 12 when I first started working there and I remember pouring schooners uh, for the locals, and they were a bit surprised thinking that I was 18. But uh, I still look back on those days, and I was with Blake Johnston earlier this morning, actually, and we used to work there together, and we were very young. And 
I, I think back now, it's, it taught me a lot, so much actually. It, was, it made me grow up as a person, made me respect a lot of things in life and also showed me how lucky I was in life to be brought up the way I was. Um, yeah, I definitely look back now and it was one of my, you know, favourite jobs I've always, any, always done and, you know, my mate Luke Hilton who's come out of it, who's now racing manager for Bjorn, we're all still really close mates and, um, yeah, it was it was a great job. It was it was it was long hours, but um, very rewarding. You got a surprise phone call one day from Tim Martin, who was then training horses at Rose Hill. You took the job, and you spent two years learning from a very astute horseman. Brilliant horseman, brilliant trainer. Still to this day, one of the best trainers I've ever seen. Um, I was very new and raw and. Timmy taught me a lot. Um, he was—he's just a great trainer. He's one of those blokes that you know horses just know he's a horseman, and he had some good horses there. And I was very lucky enough to, you know, clock horses and sit back and learn a lot off him. And he definitely taught me plenty. And I, I obviously, Timmy doesn't have the amount of horses that he used to once had, but he's—he's he's still a brilliant trainer. And um, you know, his his record speaks for itself. And um, yeah, obviously, still very grateful that he gave me the opportunity early on in in my career. Your fondness for a little punt led you to a job with an online betting operation founded by the late Colin Tidy and Mark Morrissey, and you enjoyed four years as a trader, all part of the learning curve. Spot on. uh, I wouldn't be probably, wouldn't have got the job in Hong Kong if it wasn't for um, working for them. And Mark Morrissey was a great man, a very, very intelligent man who... Um, taught me a lot. I, I made a few stuff ups early, but he backed me all the way along. And um, you know, a year, a year and a half into it, I was, you know, doing the, I was doing the Sydney uh, Metropolitan Trading. So he he backed me and supported me, and I learned off some great people, um, very important, like very very smart people in the industry. And uh, it's 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 a job I look back on now and very thankful that I got the opportunity as a young guy. Um, actually, Brian Haskins was the one who put me into. Uh, put a good word in for me, and that's how I went there, had the meeting, and never looked back. It was it was a great four and a half, nearly five years. Then came a job in which you would excel. With your partner, Taylor Wally, by your side, you moved to Hong Kong to take up the role as a racing specialist, looking after the needs of a large number of owners and young members, a job that fitted Adam Campton like a glove. What were your duties? Yeah, you're right. It was, it was an awesome opportunity that I got given. Um, I, I went over there. I still remember walking around Happy Valley. I had no accommodation. I was bloody, it felt like it was 500 degrees. It was that hot over there. And Taylor and I were very wet between the years, had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. Uh, and, we, you know, we were planning on only being there for six months at first. Not sure if we'd like it, but we absolutely loved it. COVID sort of um, made us come home in the end, and I'm, I'm – look back now and probably thank COVID because I wouldn't have, you know, had a crack at what I'm doing now. So a normal day would be, you know, head to the office, uh, come up with events, come up with new ideas to attract younger people to the racing industry. Um, You know, it's a bit different over there. Not many young people can go to the races and it's a a bit harder to get to the races. So over here there's a lot more ads and racing's everywhere now these days. So you have to think of new ideas, how to attract the younger people and, uh, a lot of those younger owners that I looked after, I'll now have as owners here in my stable. So it's definitely I wouldn't be where I am today without that job in uh, the jockey club and obviously got to learn off some very, very smart people over there and um, 
I, 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 that's the main job now that uh, what's t- taking me to training. You made uh, great friendships with some of those high-profile racing people in Hong Kong. Zach Purton was one of them, wasn't he? Yeah, Zach's become a real good, very good mate of mine. Actually, we were we were obviously mates beforehand, but um, the way him and his partner Nicole looked after Taylor and I over there, um, I'll never forget that. And they, you know, obviously people see Zach riding the winners here, there, and everywhere, but he. He's a very good person, um, you know. Even when Ty had his tragic fall over there, he was he was by his side the whole way. Um, I'm very very lucky to have a friend like Zach and Nicole. They're good people, and um, they've been a big supporter of me. Obviously, pushing myself. Zach would probably wouldn't sort of know that, but he's a person that you know he's, he's got big goals and big ambitions. And when you're around him, he sort of pushes other people to do the same as well. So, mm. um, yeah, Zach's definitely one of the people who I talk to um, probably the most out of anyone. The decision to return to Australia hit you like a lightning bolt one night. You said to Taylor, we're going home. But did you really know what you wanted to do at that point in time? Yeah, it was pretty much like that. It honestly was. I was obviously thinking about it for a long time and wanted to have a crack. I'm pretty goal-driven and I sort of felt like I was probably just going through the motion over there. Um, Nothing was sort of challenging me in a way and – I thought, you know, you only get one chance in life, why not have a crack? So um, I was very lucky to have a supportive partner like Taylor who pushed me to want to do it. And I packed up the bags, um, moved back home, had a good farewell with plenty of people. And it was tough at first uh, making that decision. But, you know, it was my time also to give Taylor her chance to move back with her family. She supported me to have a crack overseas. She was with me every step of the way. So Mm. once we come home, it was the right place to come back to Queensland where her family is. And um, I haven't looked back ever since. And, I couldn't imagine doing anything else right now. You started off in a very low-key way at Aquas Park. I think you had three boxes to start with. Yeah, correct. We we, we purchased the place with the help of, of course, Taylor's family and um, there was a couple of trainers in here with a lease still on the place and we walked in, yeah, had three boxes. It was, it was, a, it was a long road to get to where we were then and, we you know, we're still – not sure of what was coming, but um, I was lucky enough to get the three horses and um, it's obviously grown very quickly. But, you know, those three horses I look back on now and, I, I, you know, they definitely get an extra pat every day. To, mm. um, they're the ones that got me to where I am today. Now, Adam, you've actually purchased uh, the stables in which you're based today. They're your own. Yep, correct. There's 48 boxes here and we live at the house as well at the stables, which is uh, can be tough sometimes, but it's it's great to be here by the horse's side. You know, we pretty much roll out of bed and we're down the back with them and every afternoon, and I'm very lucky. You know, I, every night I walk down here about 7.30 at night and it's probably the most time where I do a bit of thinking down the back by myself, walking around with the dog and checking on all the horses. And, yeah, I look back and I, I, I am not short to say that I'm very, very grateful and lucky to have this opportunity to train out of these stables as they, you know, they're top class. So... Um, I know a lot of people struggled for boxes at the, at the time and I walked into a place like this and, um, yeah, we, we are very lucky. Before we profile some of your favourite horses, let's profile that wonderful fiancé of yours, Taylor Wally, who originally hails from Bundaberg and you tell me she grew up in an equine world. Her dad, Graham, and her mother, Janelle, are both heavily involved with horses. Correct. Um, yeah, she's Taylor's my everything. She's um, this obviously in my name, this business, but it's definitely you know it's my, it's mostly hers as well. She's 
She's an incredible horsewoman. She's tough as nails, um, comes from a great family. Dad was an incredible horseman and mum's a, um, a beautiful lady and just as good as horsewoman as well. She's she's always looking after the horses. They come first. They, she absolutely loves the horses, Janelle does. So um, I know where Taylor gets it from. Uh, she's been brought up tough. She's been brought up to be loyal and humble as well. So um, mm. I'm very grateful to have Taylor by my side. And Taylor actually got to work in racing stables along the way too. Did she go to Victoria once? No, she she worked for um, she did work for um, McAvoy, Tony McAvoy, but it was in the Hawkesbury stable in in, in obviously Sydney, yeah. New South Wales. Um, and then she moved back up here with her sister uh, Heidi, and um, she started working for Stephen O'Day, where she's still obviously to this day. You know, learnt so much of him. Steve's a great trainer and he's a mate of mine too. So, um, you know, she learnt plenty there and I'm lucky that, you know, she did learn those things off some great trainers because she's definitely brought that into our stable. Mm. You and Taylor get together once a week to present a very entertaining little video production which appears on your website and on social media. Uh, You review past performances of your horses and you preview upcoming races. I had a look at an episode the other day. Adam, it's a good little show. Good idea. No, thank you. It was something I was a bit hesitant to do at first. I think Taylor was too. So, But, no, it's good for our owners. Um, obviously, you've only got a few hours in the day and you try and give out as much information as possible to the owners. So, you know, you can't get, you know, speak to them during the day. They get to watch the show and they can keep up to date with the stable. You know, we enjoy it. Adam, who helps us with the show, he does a great job. He pushes us to do it each and every week, and he does a great job editing. Thank God he does it because I couldn't think of anything worse. So, um, no, it is a good little show, and it's good to tailor. Obviously, the people to see tailor, it's always my head on the TV and stuff like that, but she's definitely a bigger part of the business than me. Getting the right kind of work riders is a primary consideration for all trainers. You tell me you've got two of the best. Yep. I've got some great riders here, um, but Shannon and Geordie are obviously two top-class riders. Um, both were jockeys and now um, obviously just ride work for us. Two great folks, two very good horsemen who I work very closely with. If you know there's something not right, we work together and try and fix it. Um, Shannon's obviously a big part of Deepaw's career and Geordie's done plenty with a lot of our horses who – you know, I, I didn't have much to do with Jordan ever, and and James Orman. James Orman actually put me in contact with Jordy, and he was working for someone else at the time. And um, Jordy came and worked for us, and he's been, you know, us for a, a while now. And I couldn't imagine working without the two of them. They're great people. Even when we went away for a few days last week, they're, they're the first to pick up the phone and call you after after work and go through each horse. And I'm, I am really, really grateful. It's 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 a tough job. It is a tough job riding work and. Um, they do an incredible job. And probably the main thing I love about them is they're so good to the horses. They love the horses. You know, they, they're riding home each horse as much as I am. And, um, you know, you, in this game, you definitely need a good team behind you. You'll always have a soft spot for Lord Markell, who was your first starter and your first winner at Warwick on the Darling Downs. He raced in Victoria originally. He won two from 17 and you were a little bit lucky to get him to train. I was very lucky for a mate, Luke, got me, uh, put me in contact with Kevy Payne, who's one of the main owners. He had no idea who I was, Kevin, and I had no idea pretty much who Kevin was. We had a 
um, Skype session when I was in Hong Kong, and he was a horse I always followed in Melbourne. I just always thought he was just pr- sort of going through the motions down there. And um, oh, he's that horse is you know he means the world to me. I, I love him. He's he gets a carrot every morning and afternoon, and he's getting a little bit older now. But you know he's the horse who put me on the map, and you know to start your career off the way he did. He's he's. Looking now as a trainer, um, when I was young, you always look at those glamorous, flashy horses that are, you know, running in the group ones. But a horse like Lord Mark would have him at the start of your career is, I was very, very lucky. He's tough as nails. He shows up each and every week and puts in 100%. And, um, you know, when his time's up, uh, finish racing, he'll, he'll definitely be in a very nice paddock looked after us, looked after by us because, um, yeah, he, he means a lot to our stable, and I'm, I'm still very, very thankful to Kevin Payne and the owners for giving me the opportunity with him. Because if I didn't have him, I don't know where my first would have, winner would have come from. You've won five with him, Adam, from only 13 starts. Haven't seen him lately. Where is he? He's down the back. He's going through his motions. He's getting ready to um, have a trial in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, jump out in a couple of weeks' time, and then be off to the trials. We sort of just last. As he's got older, we just need those wet tracks and obviously taking him to Sydney first up last prep just took a bit of stuffing out of him. So gave him a good break. He's back. He's fresh. He's well. He's he's the one horse that charges over to the track every morning and does his work and then comes back home. He's a perfect racehorse. He's a beautiful-looking animal too. So he'll be back soon and uh, hopefully we can get some wet tracks for him. All trainers get a kick in the teeth from time to time and you copped a shocker very early in the piece. You had Antino for a short time. You gave him one start for one brilliant win on the sunny coast. After that, he went to Tony Gollan. I think he's since won seven races, including a stakes race. But you've copped it sweet. Yeah, you got to cop it sweet in this game. Obviously, at first it was a bit tough, Tappy, um, but it's made me a better person and a better trainer. I know that, so... Um, He's a, he's a great horse, a special horse, obviously. Purchased him for the owner um, a few years back at the Breeze Ups, and he's he's a very good horse, a beautiful animal, flashy type, and um, no, I wish them all the best. It's, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, do you, do you try and stop him every start? But I, I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see his success. Tony's a great trainer. He's done a great job with him. Um, yeah, it was tough at the time, but um, I'm glad I, I got that kick in the teeth early in my career because it made me a better person, as I said, and... I said to Taylor uh, plenty of times, I said, we'll get one better and hopefully depause that horse. You love Catwalk Criminal, who's won two from four as we speak, including one at Doombin. Sadly, she pulled up with an issue at the Sunshine Coast on July the 1st. Correct. She's a beautiful little horse. Um, another horse that I believe has taught me patience in this game and Plenty of grey hairs. I know that she's had a few setbacks. She pulled up not the best the other day, but you know it wasn't anything serious, which is was my first concern. And um, she's gone to the paddock now. She's gone for a well-deserved break, but I, you know I assure everyone she's she's a very good horse in the making. She's still very immature. She's only had a handful of starts. So um, once she's back, bigger, stronger, and better, I know uh, she's going to win plenty of Saturday races. And what about Silver Warrior? who was a 20-start maiden in Hong Kong before coming to the Gold Coast. Doesn't he fancy that poly track? He's won three races there by five lengths, 4.8 lengths and 2.8 lengths respectively. Yeah, he's a beauty, uh, the warrior. Um, Beautiful horse, beautiful, beautiful South African bred horse was over in Hong Kong and a horse that I always kept an eye on. I know he was a maidener for a long time, but... 
Um, he I, I sort of put the pressure on the owners to try and get him back, and thankfully, he gave Bosco gave me the chance to bring him to Australia, and he's he's been an absolute gem to train. He's, he, I think he's even better on the grass, but he's probably just better than them on the poly. Works great on it, and obviously races really well. He's He's in pre-training now and getting ready to come back. So uh, he's he's been a good horse to train and a very good owner, champion owner. Actually, he's a great bloke and just let you do what you want. And um, you know, it makes my job a lot easier. You've got a mountain of a horse in the place by the name of Hodgson. You've won five with him so far. Will he be back shortly? Yeah, he's going to be. He might be leaving. He'll be leaving soon to be trained by back with his owner. So his owner trained him beforehand, and then obviously they went overseas and I trained him. And yeah, we had great success with him. He, he's a beautiful, big, strong horse. Great to do anything with. He's he's a perfect raceman. Uh, horse, uh, race horse. Sorry, he's, he's big. He's strong. He's got a great attitude. He eats everything. And yeah, we're very lucky to get him when he was down his ratings and. Um, he gave us a lot of joy, that horse. He's, he's a beautiful big horse. And it was a good story, actually. You know, to, a young guy who worked for us. It was his first ever strap, first ever winner. And he's a beautiful big horse who, yeah, I'll definitely always remember him. Mm. What about Sarson, who ran in Sydney before coming to you? I think he was unplaced in a couple of runs down here. Um, what's the latest with Sarson? Is he back in work? Yep, he went great last week. Um, he had first up run, 1,200. At Grafton, sort of blew out a puff under the big weight with about 50 to go and finished third. He's a nice 2,000-metre horse. He's a quirky animal. Um, you've got to be on your guard around him, but he's a beautiful horse. He's come back bigger and stronger, great group of owners, and I'm looking forward to getting him out of the mile to 2,000 this prep. I'll probably just give him one more at 12 and start building his revs 14 a mile, and uh, there is a 2,000-metre race sort of in a number of weeks' time at the end of his prep. But um, I like that horse. He's got a lot of ability. He's just got to start putting it all together. You know, we haven't put the blinkers on him soon. That might come in a couple of runs' time. But, yeah, he, he's been a good horse to train, and I know there's a there's a good engine there. You've got a three-year-old there by the name of Get What You Give, who's won a couple of races for you, including one on the Gold Coast on the 1st of July. I notice he's got a very notable part owner. Yeah, he does. Uh, my mum's obviously involved in that horse. My sister, um, Kylie Brown's in it. Taylor's in it. My mother-in-law. So it's an all-women's syndication. He was the first horse that ever walked into my barn. And he was the first horse I ever purchased for Campton Racing as well. So he's a special horse who means so much to us. And um, he's always shown the ability. He probably showed early days that he was going to be our best two-year-old. And made the right decision in tipping him out when he was showing that bit of ability just to grow and mature and he's grown into a big, lovely, strong horse by Spieth. I was always a big fan of Spieth and, mm. yeah, as you said, it's pretty special training winners for, for mum. Have you got lofty ambitions for Get What You Give? He'll have another one on the poly, 62 1100 Saturday week and he'll probably go for a break then and then we'll get him back to the grass. He, he definitely goes as good on the grass. It's just worked out well to... Um, get his rating up and give him a few wins on the poly. So hopefully he goes out a winner uh, next week. We'll give him a break after that, as I said. But he's he's done a great job. He's a lovely, yeah, lovely big strong horse, beautiful horse to look at, and um, he's just getting better and better. He, he he went to the swim this morning. He's fresh. He's well. He, he could go around again this week. He's that sort of horse. He recovers really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes Saturday week. Saddles is one of a handful of horses you've got in the place, part owned by radio legend Ray Hadley. Yes, uh, Saddles is a quirky horse, big, 
beautiful horse. He's got a not the most attractive head on him. Um, as Ray first told me when he gave me the opportunity to train his horses, um, a great man. I, I speak to Ray a lot. He's he's a he's a good guy, and he's trusted me with a number of his horses. He's been a good supporter. He's a, yeah, as I said, he's a great guy. He comes to the stables every now and again with a few of his mates to look at the horses and. I haven't had a winner for him yet, but I'm dying to get a winner. He's got saddles and he's got a actually nice horse trialling on Monday for us as well. So hopefully that win for Ray is not too far away. He'll be a most grateful owner uh, when that winner finally arrives. Adam, he's on the Gold Coast fairly frequently and I'm sure there'll be a sumptuous dinner on Ray. Yes, what? definitely. Um, we might uh, head to a seafood joint or something like that, but I've just got to get it done first, but I know it's not too far away. Adam, we'll just pause for a moment on the podcast to clear a commitment and we'll come back with you after this. Ticket sales are humming along for the 2023 Kosciuszko sweepstakes. 14 lucky ticket holders will get to share in the $2 million prize money on offer for this year's edition of the world's richest race for country and ACT trained horses. $5 sweepstake tickets are available until the 6th of September via the Tab app, local pubs and clubs, TAB agencies and at New South Wales race meetings. 14 winners will be drawn on Friday, September the 8th and those winners will be in a position to offer their slots to the owner or owners of one of the Kosciuszko runners. Slot holders and owners will negotiate a prize money split suitable to both parties. It's hard to believe five years have passed since the Grafton train Bell Flyer won the first Kosciuszko on a heavy track. 2019 it was the Canberra train to handle the truth. 2020 the scone mare It's Me who finished very fast to win the big race. 2021, Arcado became the only horse to win the country championship Kosciuszko double. Last year, the Wagga train front page was an impressive winner and is expected to line up again in 2023. Ticket sales close September the 6th. Draw will be held on September the 8th and will be broadcast live on Sky Thoroughbred Central and racingnewsouthwales.com.au. Another expatriate Hong Kong horse you have in the place is Char John. He's had nine runs for you. He's won a couple at Doombin and Ipswich, and he's run a heap of seconds. I noticed Taylor's a part owner. Yes, Taylor's Tay a part owner. And in Chargy, a beautiful horse. He's, I would say, a number of the staff's favourite horse here. He's, he's just a pleasure to do anything with, really. He's a beautiful-looking horse. He's a perfect racehorse, really. Um, he's... Just sort of with him, he just sort of pulls up that bit once he hits the front. So you just got to let him get back and charge on. That's um, what he does best. 12, does run a mile. He's come back bigger and stronger this preparation. He's very well at the moment. Um, yeah, it was a good thrill, obviously, having Taylor in the partnership and winning um, a number of starts ago. I think he probably should have won two or, you know, maybe even three last preparation, but he's just his own worst enemy. But he, at the same time, he's always running a good race. But I know if he does put it all together one day, he he could win a pretty smart race. Uh, even James Orman rode him one day and said, you know, he gives you a great feel. He, he, he tries all the way to the line. He's He's been a pleasure to um, train. And, I'm, you know, a big thank you to David Hall for getting him back from Hong Kong to let, him, let me train him. Mm. Adam, he tends to wait for them, does he, if he hits the front too soon? 
Correct. He showed us that pretty much the minute he walked into our barn. He's the same as the track work. He won't walk over by himself. He always wants his mate. And mm. He's just one of those horses. But, you know, as a rider, I would, if I was a jockey, I'd love to ride him. I think you'd get great satisfaction out of getting these horses to win. He just needs to be cuddled, cuddled and mm. let rip at the right time and time it to perfection. He's, he did win one day at Ipswich and ran away, ran away from him. And I thought, you know, he's probably might be, you know, more genuine now to keep finishing off his races, but he still had a few quirks up his sleeve. But, you know, to be fair, I can't complain with the preparation he had. He's his first prep in Australia, done a tremendous job. And as I said, he's, he's definitely come back bigger and better this preparation. Horse called Lighter Bloom is an interesting runner in your stable. He's from Coffs Harbour originally. He's won two on the sunny coast and one at Ipswich for your stable. And I notice he's part-owned by Trevor Hardy, who just happens to have been... Zach Purton's master when Zach Hold kicked on. off as an apprentice. Yep. Yeah, Trev's a great guy. Um, my my mother-in-law Janelle Taylor's mum, her partner now Darren. Um, he owns him and he's been a big supporter of Trevor's um stable. You know, for his for a number of years now. So we were very very lucky to get this horse came to us as um a horse that was doing well down there and he's he's an absolute beauty this horse he's tough he's not very big he's he's just the racehorse knows what his job is perfect horse to ride in the morning and perfect horse to do anything with um around the stables i'm excited to get him back he, he just kept stepping up to the plate last preparation and possibly next year you know he could be a remorning sort of horse he's that kind of horse he's always trying his guts out and um yeah, he's, he's always glowing as well and his coat he's a beautiful horse to train you won at Grafton in March with Smile Upon a Star, ridden by a jockey I want to ask you about, and I'll have a, a stab at the pronunciation of his name. Elionye Chavez. Yep, pretty much. Elion Chavez, yeah, he's Smile Upon a Star, a talented little horse, um, came to us from Casey Fogden. She had her early days, and um, Maddie, his own, her owner, gave me a chance to train her. She was... Very, very hard work. She's a um, very quirky horse. She's come on so much. She's grown up. Uh, she's, you know, thick little horse that tries very hard. She's come back great, jumped out enormous the other morning. Uh, it was only a grafting win, but she's a talented horse, and Elion was a big, big part of our team and a big part of also Depor. He was, I put him on, and he was the first ever rider to obviously, you know, win a number of races on him and the champion bloke who I – speak to you know so much still he's over in Sweden now and uh, he'll be back in a couple months time and ready for another stint in Australia and hopefully we can keep him for a bit longer. Mm. Well in the time he was with you Adam and it was only a short stint he rode 13 winners uh, during his stay. He's of Brazilian stock isn't he as is Joey Moreira? Correct he's a Brazilian he came to us from Corey Brown. Corey um rang me one day and said, you know, would you give him a chance? And I said, for sure. I've watched a few of his rides. And I vaguely remember when he was riding in Singapore, he, he hit the ground running over there. And it shocked me here that he just wasn't getting the support. Like, he's he's a brilliant horseman. He's a great worker. He's got the most incredible attitude. And um, I think a lot of people in life could learn a lot off a guy like him. He, you know, he walks in every morning with a big smile on his face and he doesn't take life for granted. He's a good person. Mm. And as I said, he's, he's a great horseman. He was, he was brilliant to a lot of horses here that helped us so much um, getting them to their peaks. A horse like Charge On, he rode Lighter Boom as well as a first winner for us. And mm. he had a lot of success. He's, he's just got a great set of hands and he's got a very, very good racing brain. 
Mm. And the name again, Elionye Chavez from Brazil. Yep, Elion, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's a champion. He's, I'm very, very lucky that Corey gave me that phone call that day and I can't wait to get him back here in a couple of months' time. On the subject of jockeys, you have apprenticed to you at the moment, Yvette Lewis, who came to you as an experienced rider from Sue Grills at Tamworth. Uh, under the tutelage of Sue Grills, she would have been well-grounded, I'd imagine. Yeah, for sure. You wouldn't meet better kids than um, Yvette. She's a, she's a great young girl and work, got a great work ethic. She's a tall girl. She's, you know, she obviously struggles with the weight at times, but she's been a pleasure. She's, you know, my first apprentice that I took on and another one that came to us through Corey. He said, you know, she just wasn't getting the opportunities in New South Wales and, you know, would we take her on? And I'm, I'm grateful that I did take Yvette on. She's, yeah, she's a champion kid. Um, she comes from the right family. She's been well... Um, well looked after by Sue and yeah, she's, you can definitely tell with, you know, the apprentices these days, the ones that have come from the right school in, um, they're the ones that always succeed. Mm. Everybody needs a little family support on occasions and you get more than most, especially from that loving mum of yours, Trish. Now, when you win a race, they tell me you get a rap on Facebook before the horses pull up. <laughs> Yeah, you, you're you're not wrong. Uh, Mum does my bloody head in sometimes with a Facebook post, but um, <laughs> she's she's my everything, my old girl. She's you know I, I love her to death, and um, you know she's supported me in everything I've done in life. Ever as a young kid, she'd be the first one there watching me at football, cricket, driving me here, there, and everywhere, and always supported me in whatever I did. Um, to have a mum like that growing up, I'm very very lucky and. Something I don't take for granted. I speak to her all the time. She's always, you know, chipping me if I'm doing something wrong, always congratulating me if I'm doing something right. So um, she's a special lady. I'm lucky she'll be coming up here next week. So, um, yeah, she's, you know, she's one in a million, my mum. Mate, after a summary like that, there'll be a lot more raps on Facebook. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully she can cook me a few dinners next week when she arrives. (laughs) You know, it's not widely known that your brother-in-law by marriage is the outstanding jockey, James Ormond, who was married to Taylor's sister, Heidi. Uh, The raps on Ormond are sky high, I've got to say, Adam, even down here in Sydney. Yeah, he's a a special talent, James. He's... He's probably sound like a broken record at times, but he, he's a great rider. He's so talented. But most of all, he's a, he's a bloody good person. Great dad, great husband. And, you know, probably looking now back at his career, he's, he's a great young rider. But since having these two beautiful little babies, he's just got better and better. He's hungry. He's dedicated. He's, he's motivated. He's he's a complete package. And I actually did a, you know, a podcast this morning with my cousin and, Shocked me that he hasn't had a call yet from Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong need to change a few things with the way they get their riders over there. I know they look at wanting to get the Group One riders, but he's the perfect rider to get to Hong Kong. He's he's dedicated, and that's one thing you need over there. And his time will come. His Group One will come soon. And I think when he rides that first one, it'll they'll come in plenty. He's he would match it anywhere in the world, I believe, Jimmy. And he works his butt off to get his weight down. And um, you know, I wish he could ride everything, but obviously. It's tough at times, you know, with he's always, you know, either Golans or whoever he's riding, trying to ride the top best horses in the race, which is understandable. But, you know, he deserves all the success that comes his way. He comes from a good family, well-grounded family, and um, 
you know, you can you can understand why he has the success that he's had. Mm. Now, Adam, this podcast will be posted on the website about 24 hours before the Ramoni handicap is run at Grafton. So obviously we'll all have the fingers crossed. You've stumbled upon a very, very smart horse in Deepore. Uh, they tell me the Grafton track's in great order coming into the July carnival. And if the weather holds and he draws half decently at the barrier, he's right in the race. Yeah, definitely. I, he's cherry ripe. He's looks a million dollars at the moment. I'm, I'm really excited to mix it with some of the trainers that are obviously in this race. Um, I'm pretty confident heading there. He's a special animal that I know has got an incredible turn of foot. So just need to get him there, 100% ready to rock and roll, and he, he'll be he'll be finishing off like a steam train that he is. He's, you know, it's it's a, it's a big thing early in my career. I know it's only a listed race, but. I've only had the one listed runner, and if I could, you know, win a listed race at my second ever starter in a listed race, I'd, it'd be a big achievement. Um, something that I've obviously worked hard to do, and if I can do it with this horse, I know that there's bigger fish to fry um, after this. So, hopefully, he does it. Um, but it obviously won't just be a win for me; it'll be a win for my whole team and everyone that's a supporter of me. It's a listed race, and it's also a very famous race, the Ramoni Handicap. It was first run in the year of 1910. I think they missed two or three years during World War II, but it's just been the feature attraction in country racing in the month of July for well over a century. Yeah, for sure. I was. I used to always go to the morning, always up there with Corey, drive there, and it was a great. It's a great carnival. They do a good job, and you know some very good horses, including Takeover Target, have won the morning. So. Uh, if Deepaw can win it, I know it's always a good form race. He'll go on to bigger and better things. So fingers crossed. If he doesn't win it, let's hope he just launches home and shows that the type of horse he is. But, you know, I, I definitely think he's the right horse to head there. Adam, been a delight to catch up, mate. Thanks for your time. I've known you for a hell of a long time and I follow your career with great interest. Onwards and upwards, young Campo, you're doing a terrific job in a very tough gig Thanks for your time. Always a pleasure chatting with you, Tappy. Ask any trainer about the frustrations of having horses who won't clean up their feeds. Those horses who always leave a little more than they should. And for some strange reason, they seem to leave the most the night before they're due to race. Why not try those finicky doers on Pride's Easy Performance, a highly palatable set recipe feed that provides the right muscle fuel while promoting inner health. It's also of benefit in helping horses to recover after a tough run, a barrier trial, or a searching track gallop. Some horses have only one win in them. Others might have two or three. They've got to be happy, healthy, and fit at all times and on a feed that covers all bases. It's a good feeling for any trainer when a horse looks right and when he or she is leaving the feed bin with a shiny bottom. When the right race comes along, you want a horse who's been on a feeding regime designed to help it get to the line. Pride's Easy Performance is the complete nutritional feed for the equine performance athlete.